0: Of popular movies and entertainment, porn parody, yeah, yeah. Like there has to be a porn version of this where two guys trade, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, If not, there needs to be. Like, how did that not happen? This has to be made now. We should trademark that right now. Yeah, and you know, future. (laughs) That's exactly what it would be called. (laughs) Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer, the future Pornhub award-winning podcast. (laughs) (laughs) they have porn awards i don't know (laughs) maybe Uh, oh we're gonna win one for off uh i'm cooper i'm nolan and uh today we are talking about face off the 1997 thriller starring Nicolas cage and john travolta which maybe secretly isn't a bad movie I don't know. This is uh, probably going to be a controversial one on B&B because uh, I think a lot of people love this movie and might still love it. Well, and it was a huge hit. Like I knew it was a huge hit. You're right. Usually the movies we do are either complete bombs or they've been like savaged by critics or they're such kind of like schlocky B movie stuff that critics wouldn't go near them. This one was a massive hit and uh, like actually got like mostly good reviews. Do you think this is probably the like most money earned for a movie that we've uh, reviewed so far? Or? Oh, it's got to be so far. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. People might get hot about this one. But I think this is a movie that with the benefit of hindsight, the, like the badness really kind of badness it grew over time. Like this looks a lot worse in the rear view than it did in 1987. It definitely doesn't hold up going back uh, and watching it again. uh, It's probably been 15, 20 years since I've seen it. I haven't seen this since the last time I watched this was on a VHS tape that my friend like bought as soon as it came out so that was, that was like over 20 years for sure for me that tells you how old it is uh, it it definitely doesn't hold up nearly as well and it, it definitely makes me think about uh, action movies from the 90s while watching it or getting into it i was really excited i said oh yeah this is a john woo movie oh that's fond a, memories that's another thing of john woo uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> <laughs> what happened to john woo It's one of those things, I think, where I watched uh, Halloween, the original Halloween, about a year ago with someone who'd never seen it before. Halloween is this great seminal horror movie. I would put it like top 10 horror movies of all time. And I watched it with this person. And afterwards, it was kind of like, what do you think? And they were like, eh, you know, it's just it seems like a lot of other movies. And like, I get that this was kind of like Halloween was like the first one of the first ones of those. But since there's been so many imitations and so many other versions since then, the original kind of loses some of its luster. And I think that's kind of the predicament that John Woo kind of put himself in. Yeah. Because as we go through this, you'll see some of the John Woo staples. The tr- they're the just ropes oh, they've got, man. Yeah. But at the time, it was like that was his first was Hollywood awesome, movie. It was yeah. new and fresh, and people are like this is incredible. But it's been done so many times that now you look at it and you are like, ah, was this his first Hollywood movie? First major Hollywood movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then he basically just did all the same stuff in Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. And then you know, again and again. <laughs> so maybe we're we're, we're we're what's the opposite of rose colored glasses? We're viewing this through like shit colored glasses <laughs> but we'll see yeah we're also drinking a beer oh yeah what do we got here today so this is the faces double ipa from the wellington brewery in guelph ontario canada oh nice home of the welly the boot symbol yeah these guys are really were known for a long time for their darker beers Okay, um, but excited to try this Citra and Mosaic Hop Double IPA. I am not excited to try this, but you know <laughs> the cover We all make, great we make sacrifices. The cover looks like faces being sort of taken off. Kind of fits well with the theme of this. Yeah, uh, and it's like a like a circle of guys? Are they like praying to it or like dancing around it? Yeah, I think they are. They do look like shrines, some kind of like you yeah. know well, yeah. maybe they are the angry protesters telling us that this is not actually a bad movie. Yeah, please send your feedback to us uh, about this movie or about this podcast. If you're a face-off lover and you feel we've wronged you somehow or wronged John Woo or John Travolta or wronged Nick Cage, even uh, let us know. I would say watch it again first, though, because uh, (laughs) it's maybe not what you remember. Oh, the sound effects. Yeah, you got to get a little. Are they called sound effects when it's actually something happening in real life? I think. Oh, I don't know. It's just quality Foley work, isn't it? (laughs) All right, if you say so. Okay, so we open in Face Off with a merry-go-round. John Travolta and his kid. I just realized this is going to be a hard movie for us to describe. A lot of times we just use the actors' names, but that's going to get confusing real fast. Yeah, Sean Archer and his kid. Sean Archer and his kid. Suddenly, a mustachioed Nicolas Cage, that's caster Troy, appears with a sniper rifle just in broad daylight in the middle of a park. No one finds this odd or notices or expresses any alarm. First John Woo sort of trope in here too, like really bright lighting and... Uh, Flowing trench coat? Yeah, dramatic um, operatic music to sort of set the tone. You're just like, oh, yeah. Well, it's a tragedy what's about to happen. He, he goes to shoot John Travolta in the back, and he does, but unfortunately the bullet passes through Travolta and kills his son. And this is how we first meet FBI agent Sean Archer and supervillain Caster Troy. Six years later, we've got Nick Cage in a priest costume. He's setting a bomb somewhere. While, Meanwhile, John Travolta laments the fact that his special FBI task force has just got no leads. They got nothing on Caster Troy. Nick Cage exits the airport. There's a church choir singing hallelujah. He rocks out in this over-the-top animated style and then basically molests a teenage girl in the choir. Yeah, he sneaks up behind her. He says some inappropriate stuff to her. Which one thing that happens a lot in this movie is he says really inappropriate stuff, and the women like it. That would not fly today. There's no chance that stuff would have been okay. Well, this is this is how you know he's a bad guy. Yeah, he goes up, but why do they like it? Girls that, like yeah, bad boy. That's boys. a good question. Some, Girls, some yeah. do. Yeah. Some do. Now, is this is so? I I had this thought. I wrote this down as he's doing this weird sequence. This, to me, feels like peak Nicolas Cage. <laughs> peak Cage. Well, is it because of the, like, dramatic evil eyes that he keeps throwing on? Like, the biggest wide eyes I've ever seen in a face ever. That, the manic movements, the kind of over-the-top... Uh I don't want to say sexuality, but there's a there's a very sexual component to this. Yeah, it's it was strange, like struggling watching this at times because um, I kind of like I remembered it fondly for sure. The overacting is so hard for both of them the entire time, and neither one of them to me seems like good guys. <laughs> it's like well, it's that's weird, yeah. like, like when they switch. Um, I feel like Travolta's performance is way better as the like. Castro Troy character See this is is interesting Because I I I wrote down Peak Nick Cage But he's only himself For the first Like Half hour of this movie So in a way It's strange Because I think Most people would say Oh this is Peak Nicholas Cage But then he's He's actually playing Kind of the straight man and for, i actually for most of the i movie. think he does a better job as the straight man like i i i found that the switch improved <laughs> both of their characters for me tremendously oh, wow okay yeah. i don't i don't yeah. know i don't know about that one i feel like they might be playing the wrong part maybe if he had started as a straight man he could have been unhinged nick cage for the rest of the movie this would have been maybe better although it's you know travolta makes some interesting choices they both make some interesting choices <laughs> back at the fbi base john travolta gets a call from his wife But before he can take it he gets a lead on caster troy they found out that he, there's an airfield where caster troy's little brother pollux troy has chartered a plane and paid cash pollux troy is very twitchy when we meet him they board the plane and it, i guess to your point nick cage uses his unique charisma to immediately start making out with the flight attendant yeah this is the first time a line comes up in the movie that's gonna come back a whole bunch of times oh about peaches and I, how- I, i'm yeah. gonna eat or i could eat a peach for an hour yeah. And, yeah he keeps saying it over and over Clearly, like, making innuendo towards some cunnilingus. What? She she just goes for it. Like, to your point, she just goes for it right away. They're just making out. Immediately. She's just, like, sucking on his tongue. Well, he says, would you like to suck on my tongue? And she says, yes! And just immediately on it. And you're just like, what the... Yeah. Now, it turns out, the cops show up. She is, in fact, an undercover FBI agent. So maybe she's kind of playing it up to get him to lower his guard. They're trying to launch this plane. John Travolta tries to run the plane down with his Hummer. They're playing chicken. And Travolta has to peel out because it's a fucking plane. But I think really he peels out because Caster Troy shows that he's got the agent. Then he kills her, throws her to the plane, just kind of shrugs, looks at the camera, shrug. I like that. Is this one of yours? I think he yells out yeah. before. Nah. And yeah. And then he, he blows her away and, and now, throws her. And now John Travolta, Sean Archer, jumps in a helicopter. He's yes. just in a helicopter that just happens to be there with, with keys. Do helicopters have keys? No, no. There's a guy flying it. He like Oh, no, he's forces, flying it. No, no. He forces the guy out and then goes in it. Like why isn't there? A, So it was there as a part of the chase crew. The fact that he takes the helicopter to stop a plane is ridiculous. It is. And he's chasing him down and uh, Caster Troy yells at the pilot, fly, bitch. But the problem is there's an engine out. So instead he just kills the pilot. The plane can't launch, obviously, and it crashes. And then we get a shootout filled with the John Woo tropes and conventions. Oh yeah. So immediately at the start of this like shootout, you see Nick Cage jump out of the plane sideways and kill about eight people with slow his... Slow motion. Slow motion. Slow motion. Kill about eight people with his golden handguns. So He's just flying sideways killing everybody and you're like, oh yeah. Okay, this feels John Woo. Oh yeah, there's giant shotgun blasts. Guys are doing that thing where when they run out of ammo, they just drop the gun instead of reloading it. Yep. Just like throw it away. Absolutely. Um, also, the spinning, like someone's spinning while they're drawing a gun all in slow motion. And again, these are th- things that at the time were kind of relatively new or they were very stylized but now it's been done so many times i'm watching it i'm just like i'm just cringing at the whole thing yeah it definitely took away from the action for me i i remember that kind of feeling exciting in the past but it's much more exciting for like a 12 year old who hasn't seen many action movies definitely so they actually catch the brother pollux troy and then sean archer finally gets a hold of caster troy but troy tells him You've only got one bullet left, Sean, which how how can he know that? They're in the middle of this shootout. Bullets are flying everywhere. How is he keeping track of which gun is Sean Archer's gun and how many shots are being fired? There's no fucking way. And then just to add another layer of ridiculousness on this ridiculous Sunday, Sean Archer says to him, so do you. How? Yeah. I think they know each other so well they know what their guns sound like. This is your like, peak Nick Cage, too, as he's going through and having this like huge moment, this giant speech in the middle of this gunfight. You're like, Big okay. Big monologue. Yeah. The Nick Cage monologue is full of quotes from like the trailer. You're not having any fun, are you, Sean? Why don't you come with us? Try terrorism for hire. We'll blow some shit up. It's more fun. Then he, he taunts Sean Archer's family and then just tries to shoot him. He just pulls the trigger. So Travolta should be dead. But it turns out he's just wrong with the number of bullets that Cassie Troy has left. That would be the end of the movie yeah. if he had one more bullet, which Travolta thought he had. If you think he has one bullet, how do you get to the point where he's pulling <laughs> the trigger? Sorry. The Nick Cage speech, this monologue, happens all while they are spinning around with guns on each other. This, like, weird spinning standoff. In a what it seemed like an engine testing facility at the airport. Because the whole time we have this giant revving engine make, putting all this background noise and this added danger and, like intrigue into this which this fight. is how nick cage pulls the trigger no bullets come out then he goes to try and stab john travolta but instead he grabs him and throws him into the path of this jet engine it just launches him down to the end of this thing like a wind tunnel kind yeah, of cr- it crashes into the end of the testing cage the wind tunnel and uh they say it's over yeah they got him yeah. and then uh sean archer goes home he finds out that that phone call from his wife was because his kid got suspended parents they don't understand her why is she dressing that way He's just, you know, <laughs> your typical, typical domestic plot right there. And it was hilarious. The, they show the daughter and she's got some eye makeup on and a nose ring. And it's like, this is the end of the world. What's <laughs> <Yeah>. happening here? <laughs> big, big issue back then. Sean Archer's wife is mad at him until he tells her that he finally got Caster Troy. And she says, it's over. She isn't for disappointment. This is, there's 25 minutes in this movie. It is not over. Not even close. And uh, yeah, she has a little happy celebration. But Travolta or that guy didn't celebrate, Sean Archer, yeah. No just not even a little bit happy. No, he goes back to the office, gets a standing O from all his colleagues. There's champagne sent over from the CIA. He doesn't want to shut the whole thing down, doesn't want it send the champagne back. He would rather dwell on all the agents who got killed. You know what else got killed? The vibe in that room by <laughs> Sean Archer. <laughs> he definitely does a good job of playing like a one note angry cop character there. He's haunted. Yeah. I mean, if your son was shot and killed in your arms, that would probably do it. But uh, yeah, plus he probably he probably knows this isn't really over, despite what his wife thinks. And sure enough, they recover a zip disk. Remember those? It was Remember a, a three point inch floppy. I was laughing my ass off because <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Remember the computer technology in nineteen ninety seven? They oh, yeah. they have this big floppy disk, and they pull it out, and it has some of the best graphics ever. As part of the bomb plans. Yeah. Pollux oh, yeah. Troy likes to have a little fun with his bomb plans. So there's like an animated lady in a bikini and um, weird animations. Their yeah, like, name was Sinclair. I think the, the weird animated porn lady you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So they find the plans. There's going to be a big explosion with the biological payload. Of course, Pollux Troy denies the whole thing. Sean Archer wants 10 minutes alone with him, but his boss says no, so Travolta throws a little tantrum. Look, we're not going to evacuate the city on your hunch. Look, I know Castor too well for this to be a hunch. You know what? Just just run the goddamn bureau any way you like. I wrote down that this was super funny because of how garbage his acting was in this scene. This is where I, I was saying, I think Travolta's way worse in this straight man role because he could not pull that off at all. I didn't believe a second of his anger. It's ridiculous also because his boss's job is to run the bureau. So he is going to run it how he likes. I don't know why this little baby tantrum is going to get him to get <laughs> change what he wants. anything he wants. No, yeah. not even a little bit. So yeah. they, they find out that the only person Pollux Troy will talk to at all or tell the bomb plans to is his brother. And the problem with that is he's dead. Or is he? Yeah. No. No, he's not. Apparently he's not. Nope. So a different agent operating some sort of shadow operation asks Sean Archer how he'd like to be able to walk into the prison and talk to the brother as caster Troy. And he's obviously confused. We meet Dr. Walsh who can change people's appearance and voice. And here's the plan. They're going to laser Travolta's hairline. They're going to implant some body hair where Nick cage has it. They're going to liposuction away Travolta's love handles And, oh, yeah, they're going to attach Nick Cage's face to his skull. Yeah, I was loving the science here. It was wonderful. The biolab they created and the stuff that they describe is hilarious. And they go through, and the science fiction is kind of fun and kind of funny until they start trying to show you some of the stuff they're going to do, and then you're just like, it's laughable. Well, the whole premise is absurd. Now, I will say, I'm going to give them a little bit of credit here because they do address the weight thing. They say they're going to take off the yeah. love handles. They say the height difference is negligible and it actually kind of is. Like secretly, yeah, they're, they're, only, they're less than like two inches apart from each other, which surprised me. the eye color was really close. You know what is not close even a little bit though? Head size. <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta has this big fucking water buffalo head. Yeah. And like there's no, and the, you know there's what? There's no actor in Hollywood who has a comparable head to John Travolta. <laughs> it's fucking massive. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. And so we'll get to the, the, we start seeing, this comes up later kind of, but he understandably is hesitant to wear the face of the man who murdered his son so instead he tries to do the old-fashioned way interrogates caster choice gang including gina gershon yeah Uh yeah yeah actually i didn't i didn't grab that pull but you're right now that you say that that definitely that was a nice surprise yeah i did not recall her being in this he finds out the date that the bomb is going to go off but that is not enough information so he agrees to wear the nick cage mask put his face on my face let's do this thing he goes home, wakes up his wife. She's so glad that it's him instead of a phone call saying that he won't be home. And then she says, But that's a fear I can finally let go of, huh? Yeah, about that. Not- who, who talks this way, by the way? This was the most <laughs> clunky line in the script for me. I'm like, no one says those things in real life. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, right? Like, I think the family of people who go in put themselves in danger probably feel that way. But she wants to have sex with them, it's clear, from the, like, wants to celebrate by getting down we find out it's been a couple months, yeah, first time yeah. in a couple months. <laughs> we find out it would have been the first couple months and when he says he's going back she kicks him right out right yep get it get out of here go do that assignment um there was a ton of face zooms during this whole time like i found that was something that happened a lot in this movie a lot of close-ups a lot so of close-ups. many close-up face zooms and then he does this really weird thing throughout the movie um the the travolta character or the sean archer character Where he wipes his hand down the face. God damn it! That's so strange. Yes, Yes. and so this is a moment I wrote it down in my notes because he does it um, to his wife and then I think his daughter before he goes off, and he's something he had done to his son in the very start of the movie too. And I'm just like, why is this? It's very creepy. Did did he used to be blind? That's exactly what it looks like. (laughs) He's trying to feel for whether that person is there, but. It has this weird, creepy... Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I was really uncomfortable any time there was that weird face wipe. and uh, He does it a bunch. He does it it's so, so it, often. It, it, it's, it's far creepier when he does it later on to his daughter. But even here, I noticed him. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, this whole time I'll, as this is about to happen, as he's about to take it, I am I was getting really angry watching it, right? I was like, this is so fucking ridiculous. He's not going to do this. You know what's going to happen. And then in my mind, the question I had most is, like, we, we know that somehow that both of them are going to come back, I was like, he's going to f*** his wife. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. I was like, he's going to come back and f- Archer's wife, right? Well, I was have, like, if you have an arch Archer's enemy, yeah. yeah, if you have an arch enemy who's been trying to put you in jail for decades or however many years and you end up having his face and essentially like a, his body, that's the first thing you're going to do. Yeah. The very first thing is I'm going to go violate this guy's wife. And, and while I was watching it and I, I hadn't remembered correctly, I thought that to keep his face like alive they had just put it on to castor troy like i assume that sean archer's face they just swapped their faces no he's we're gonna wearing find a, out we're yeah. gonna find out in a minute that that wasn't the case but the, i was just like why would you do this and and we get to figure out what happens in a second well he goes he goes for the surgery and they yeah they put his face on top of like a plastic thing that as, like attaches to the skull and it it, it connects somehow and feeds into the nervous system. This or the is where nerves. I wrote down the science fiction was brutal. Like I didn't like that aspect. The only part of it that I, I found cool was when it looked like the doctor was like molding it onto his skull. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like Okay. So, but here's, so again, going back to head size, which is my main problem with this, because again, this whole premise is ridiculous. But especially when you consider the difference in their actual physical structure. They t- they address some of the things, but on the computer simulation screen where they show these transformations happening, all of a sudden John Travolta's jaw just shrinks down to a more angular Nick Cage sized jaw, and they never explain how. Yeah, they didn't you say they just see cut it, it in the they computer animation. They yeah, they have true. to break his jaw and reform the bones, and they do not do that. There is yeah. no way they do that. The science fiction is poor here. They just breeze right past it. We get a big dramatic reveal. Uh, then it's time for him to go to work or in his case a uh, jail. And in the jail, this is quite a high tech facility. The inmates are locked down with magnet boots. Caster Troy, Sean Archer as Caster Troy causes quite a stir in the cafeteria and also immediately blows his cover by not recognizing this guy. And then we does recognize him. He's like, "I busted you. I I mean, uh, Sean Archer busted you for it. It was terrible. It was so bad. I wrote Cage's acting is so bad right here. Like I was I was really struggling with what was happening there. The whole prison seemed super lame, too, and they put the guards in. One thing I noticed is they spent a lot of time making the guards seem tough. They seemed like the lamest garbage guards I had ever seen in my entire life. Well, as we see there, they will get quickly dispatched later on. Just to just to really erase any doubt because he's kind of made some missteps. Just in case anyone was starting to catch on, he recovers nicely by beating the shit out of a guy and yelling, I'm Caster Troy over and over again. Because I know that for me, to make sure everyone knows that who that I'm really myself and not an imposter, i I'm constantly walking around yelling, I'm Cooper, I'm Cooper. I've seen you do that. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> uh, here comes trouble though. The real Caster Troy wakes up. He figures out what happened surprisingly quickly. He makes a very coherent phone call without having any lips on his face yeah it was weird yeah he just touches up to his face and there's blood everywhere i found that that makeup was pretty good the, it was well done the the section that they showed his face without a face i thought that was pretty cool but you're right i don't know how he so effectively communicated to his cronies to come here and bring the doctor to help him he should sound far more like a snake man <laughs> he, shouldn't be able, he shouldn't be able to form, he shouldn't be able to form some, like words It should be a lot more weird slurping sounds. But yes, his goons grab the doctor and take one fucking guess what he wants. He wants to wear Sean Archer's face and be the new Sean Archer. Meanwhile, the real Sean Archer convinces his clinically paranoid brother that he's Caster Troy by just remembering the name of the pills he was on, but literally nothing else. Yeah, this is where I wrote down Nick Cage masterclass. (laughs) That's what (laughs) what it is. Right here in question. So... His brother, again, his brother with with one shred of evidence immediately buys in and tells him the location of the bomb. So movie over. We're good. He's got it. Yeah, LA Convention Center. But hold on. How is he going to communicate that? So this was another problem I had with this is it seems like he really has no... The lifeline, like the escape plan from the prison, is virtually non-existent for him. Yeah, he had to have someone at the prison he could like tell when he got the information. How was there? You need one there guard there? Yeah. who knows what's going Somebody on. Somebody had to know, but nobody knew. Nope. So he gets a visitor though, and he probably thinks, "Great, this is the this is the check-in. I'll let them know that I found this out. I can get out of here." Only problem is, he's looking at his own face walking through that door, and now. And now John Travolta gets to be the one who overacts. So this is where I actually feel like the, it's the appropriate role for him. This is where it started to turn for me. Where I was like, okay, John, I feel like this is what you needed. Because you cannot play the straight man for me. Um, I actually wrote that I really liked this scene. Like, I thought it was it was kind of fun and clever. I The music was really bugging me. Because it was the ridiculous opera stuff again. That's John Woo, man. Yeah, it, it's, John it super was. But... Uh, Turns out, yeah. turns out, uh, Castor Troy has killed everybody who knew what was going on. Oh, yeah. Just everyone's just dead. All dead. So now Sean Archer is just Seward. He leaves him there in the prison, presumably for the rest of his life. Then Sean Archer, Caster Troy, goes home. He speaking of blowing your cover, he whiffs on the house, like with his wife watching. He drives right past the house yeah. with her watching. And then, which I'm just like, God damn it. The biggest problem I have with this movie, besides the ridiculous science, is a million people should have caught on that they weren't who they were supposed to be. Yeah. But I guess to be fair, if someone in your real life was acting strange, probably a bit of a leap to assume that they'd had some weird surgery to put someone else's (laughs) face on their skull. Yeah, You would assume they're just like some kind of event has messed up how they're feeling. And that's why they're acting that way. You would not explain it with a face transplant. Yeah. She's catty about it says it's about time. He forgot where they lived. And then he comes out and turns on that creepy Nick cage charm through John Travolta. He grabs Com- her ass again. He's, complete, he's acting completely different than everything yeah. we've seen. And she's just like, oh, that's odd. Then she just goes to work. Then he creeps out his own daughter, steals her cigarettes, and literally says, Papa's got a brand new bag. Ow! Yeah. Uh, what well, the she was she, she was listening to some funk. Like, I think she had James Brown on. So he pulled into that as the music she was in the room. Why this, like, rebellious teenagers listen to funk music is beyond me. But. This was the part that I found strange in the movie: is the relationship that develops between, like, Caster Troy looking like Sean Archer and his daughter. Like, he actually kind of starts to parent her. Yeah, he is strangely protective of her. Yeah, he, which like, you wouldn't think. You, you think, think he'd, based, want, he'd want to turn out Sean Archer's daughter? Yeah, yeah, based on the based on the things that have happened so far in this, like, why would you assume he would have a parental bone? And I found this like a really weird part of the movie for me because I struggled with that. Like, why is he parenting her? And in his own fucked up way, he's actually doing a fairly effective job of parenting her. And, and I thought that that was strange. I didn't understand why they chose that as yeah. what was happening in that point. So the first thing that Sean Archer, Ur- Castro Troy as Sean Archer does is release his brother, then gets him to confess so he can defuse the bomb, become an American hero. And given his first chance to speak to a national audience, he says quote is interception. Now our side's got the ball. Sorry. <laughs> like that's your big moment. God damn it. Yeah, I was uh, I thought I was prepping for a really good spot too and that let me down. I I think it was a hilarious choice to then go stop those crimes, become a hero. I think that was kind of fun. He's thinking he can do so much more when he hit, yeah. when he can control where they're going to be and stuff. He can cause all kinds of mayhem. I, I like that plan. I thought that was good. And I think you even see like a chunk of that for from the prison. Like the TV shows that celebration and yep. you can see the pain on the real Sean Archer's face as he has to go through all of this. The real caster Troy's face. Sean <laughs> Archer's, Archer's mind... But it's cast your choice. Yes, yeah, you're right. This is, yeah. This is really, yeah, but you know what I mean. So he has an understanding ovation at work, but this time he's all about it. And he also gets a little handsy with one of the female agents. Yeah, again, he just grab assing everyone, talking to them about their peaches. And they're, and people are just fine with it. They're like, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. He's fun now. He would have been me too so Nothing quickly. to see here. It would have been good. He needed to be out of there. So after that, it's date night. Yep. And apparently, he's got his own ticket to run anti-terrorism, but his wife is starting to suspect something's up. She still sleeps with him, though. Uh, ouch. For the real Sean Archer. I mean, it's been two months. She she had needs. Sure. Um, Sean Archer, um, as if... Question. We, yep. Sorry. Just to go back to your like very start of the movie, we talked about uh, <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Did they make any changes there? Would she have noticed a difference? So that's a good question and i i kind of wondered about this because they talk about the body hair and stuff it's is that one of those things where you're like well you know they just is couldn't Is anyone gonna see this do we really need to modify this i think i feel like they'd probably be thorough they'd probably be like what yeah what if someone's gonna see it whether that's not caster choice wait a second <laughs> yeah i don't know they could be very different one could be circumcised and the other could not but Would even you if do you do if you were yes probably yeah But even, okay, but then even if you, because they both end up sleeping with people. Yeah. So even if you change the appearance of the penis, would their sexual performance be the same? I don't know. Like, is is Caster Troi going to show up in the John Travolta body and have aggressive, creepy Caster Troy sex and Travolta's wife will be like, oh my. I I assume that's what happened. Or or later on, and spoilers on this later on, when when John Travolta in the Nick Cage body has sex with Gina Gershon and it's probably like somber and, you know, very milk toast. Uh, yeah, she's like, "Have you done this mission- before?" Missionary only. Yeah, what is, happened is she going to be like, "My oh, peach didn't get an hour You're, of attention. Castor. What is going <laughs> <on>? <laughs> You're so sensitive. Oh goodness. I don't know these are great questions. I don't know. This is probably another another way they probably should have been included originally. Uh Sean Archer in prison as if sensing that this just happened, oh my wife just got nailed. He plans an immediate escape which results in the death of several people, including the guards, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, they're working at an illegal prison that's kind of hidden behind no, anything. No, 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 hang on. It's not an illegal prison. It's run by the government. Yeah. Perhaps some of it's their a methods. he a secret prison that does doesn't the one follow guard the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a secret prison that doesn't follow the rules. Nobody can watch it. It's on a goddamn oil rig. As he finds out when yeah. he goes to escape. There is some ridiculous shit that happens for him to get out of there. He gets chased by a helicopter that fires off a gun and he jumps off the top of a fucking oil rig and survives the fall to the ocean. They don't think he survives. How far did he have to swim? You do see shoreline from the oil rig, but it was kilometers, miles away. Like this is fucked up. And that's a better question because he is chased by a helicopter. That helicopter is still there. After he goes underwater... He needs to come up for air at some point, and I'm guessing he can't swim far enough away to be out of the range of the helicopter that would definitely be circling the oil rig looking for him. Maybe he's also Aquaman. Like, it just could be at the same time that he just was able to swim underwater. They gave gills when they switched the thing over? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. We're going to give you his face, and we're also going to make it so you can breathe underwater? Yeah, I think so. Because that's the only way that he survived this shit. Biggest big and this is crazy in a movie with so many plot holes. This is the biggest plot hole in the whole movie. It's completely fucked he up. He jumps in the helicopter's like, oh, he's dead. They just fuck off and land somewhere. Come yeah. on. Yeah. To continue with plot holes, the next morning, Sean Archer forgets his dead son's birthday, which <laughs> still doesn't tip his wife yeah. off. Yeah. They Don't go worry. to the grave, she cries in his shoulder. It's super awkward. And just when this day can't get any worse, he finds out that Castor Troy has escaped he tries calling his wife, he being Sean Archer in the cast Troy body. Yeah. God damn, this is confusing. Yeah. She shrugs it off, but the cops are looking for him. So he goes to hide out with his old gang and they hatch a plan, get Sean Archer and take his face off. They work oh, the title in. I wrote this down because uh, they say it several times and I even wrote down this one is for Cooper. I, time. I know how much you love when the title gets worked I in. I love it. And yeah, they he the character says it at least three times and I was like, this is great. Before we get there, how does he try to call people? Because I love this moment. He's driving along and he pulls out his car phone. Yeah, I was just like, oh my God, car phone. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a strange. Yeah, this, yeah, this is where this movie doesn't technology. hold up to me, right? Yeah, no. Like we start seeing some of this stuff that. You, you know, know what though? Way. You can't really, I have a hard time looking at movies that way because if you go through almost any movie. Oh, made there's going to be all uh, that have shit. Just yeah. the existence of cell phones yeah. would immediately render like 90% of the problems obsolete. It is true. The cell phone has solved most of the world's problems. Any movie where someone's racing to get somewhere to notify people, but they yeah. have to actually be there in person. Like, you just... A cell yeah. phone. done. So, they, they go back, and he goes with the old cronies, right? And they're going to go take his face off. And they say it, you're right. They say yeah. it, like, 19 times. And it, then, it's great. And then you see the drug moment where they start taking drugs together. And I actually wrote down that I thought that Travolta, as Caster Troy, or impersonating Caster Troy, whatever... That moment for Nick Cage is was really well done. I think they did a really good job. Like I, I thought he did a good job showing that moment. He conveys the struggle of wearing yeah. the face of the man who killed your son, and and also trying cocaine for the first time. Yeah, exactly. I thought that that was really well done. I thought they did, and that's what leads to that weird sexy stuff. It is. Uh, back at the back at the house, Hyde from that '70s show drops off Sean Archer's daughter, and gets a little aggressive with her. So caster troy as sean archer comes out and just kicks the shit out of him yeah i wrote another weird dad moment here like he really stood up for the daughter of his like arch nemesis so he does that which has got to be out of character then he gives her a cigarette and also a butterfly knife and tells her that anyone tries to touch her stab them in the thigh and like twist it so it won't heal and she still doesn't realize it's not him foreshadowing Oh yes, that too. Big time. Back at the gang hideout, Caster Troy has an awkward morning after with Gina Grishon and finds out that her kid is his kid. I mean, not Travolta's, but it's Nick Cage's kid. It's Caster Troy's son. Yep. But Pollux Troy spots him there, notifies his brother, and the FBI just starts spraying the place with bullets. Hold there, on. There, there's a kid in the window. Yeah. You can see a child in the window and they just are shooting. They're flooding the house of bullets. I just wrote what the fuck FBI on here. Um, there's a really weird moment with the kid though because he meets the kid and it brings him right back to his own son right and oh, he starts calling him Adam yeah and then he does the fucking face swipe and I'm just yeah. like oh, no the face it's swipe. Not- why are you doing this but then the FBI come and they go all out how can you do this if you are an fbi agent they don't even knock they're not even trying to arrest I was like, them they just spray them. there's a kid in the fucking window yeah the only other time the fbi has ever done this is in waco texas like this is the only connection i could ever see i was Good like God. what is happening here and the weird and again strange choice in production this giant slow motion shootout is set to somewhere, somewhere over, over the, the rainbow, rainbow. <laughs> i wrote that down too and there's just somewhere over the rainbow is playing. And it's a weird rendition, right? It's not like one that we know. It's some female vocalist singing it. Yeah. And there's glass breaking everywhere. I was like, I think at some point I was I was messaging you. And you were like, take a drink every time there's a John Woo moment. And, yep. and the glass breaking for me was a John Woo moment. Slow, motion, this, glass slow motion glass breaking. I was really hammered by the end. It oh, was, yeah. yeah. So Caster Troy, pretending to be Sean Archer, shows up kills one of his own guys, just kills an FBI agent, which is whatever. And now they have a little showdown. Caster Troy wants to switch back, but Archer says he can't take back what he took from him. So now in another line straight from the trailer, plan B, let's just kill each other. And then in what must have been the moment where the screenwriter just started high-fiving, like we fucking got it, they start shooting at each other through mirrors. Oh my God. I wrote that down too. I was like, yes, this mirror scene is straight out of like your best sort of carnival trailer park action right it was one of those where you're just like yeah well because he's he's he looks at the mirror he sees the guy he hates uh even though he's seeing his own reflection and he's shooting through the mirror and they it's both just, start shooting they both lay down and shoot yeah, yeah. this must oh. they must have been the screeners were like we fucking got it right here yeah this is it. i think so that start, was the moment clears some yeah. space in the mantle for that screenwriting oscar it's coming <laughs> home right now archer escapes archer in the troy body pollux troy tries to stop him he falls he dies Caster Troy, upset about this, kills another FBI agent, and the next day he murders his boss. Invokes a heart attack. That was fucked up. Yeah, you're just like, okay. But he kills him so that he can become the... I guess. But the the part for me is he calls for help after he kills the guy. And the way he calls for help is just so calm. Hey, can you get the paramedics, please? Uh, boss has had a heart attack. No concern. No, yeah, no, no anything. Concern. Yeah. So what now? Sean Archer breaks into his own home. And in case you were confused about where he's breaking in, he enters and immediately says home <laughs> yeah oh. just hammer you over the head with it man That's fine. oh he scares the shit out of his wife he explains everything acknowledges that it's fucking insane like no one would ever believe this yeah but he tells her the key to figuring this out and telling who's who is they have different blood types which do you know your wife's blood type um good question no i don't i don't even know my blood type I know my blood type, but I don't know my wife's. I only know my blood type because I donate blood. So if, so if you were trying to convince, if your wife was trying to convince you that she was actually herself and she was like, here's how you can tell I'm blood type, he's blood type. O." you'd be like, Oh, that's not the same as you. Or you'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's AB is what my wife is. But, um, it, I wrote down blood type hype. That was my, (laughs) it was such a moment. (laughs) I was like, look at this blood type hype. And, I guess we're supposed to be convinced because Archer's wife is a doctor, like this was the moment that caught her and you could see her start to turn. Why she didn't know when there was a different (laughs) side her or like all those other things that happened. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, But she she bought into this. Right. This is was the turning moment. Well, and You know what, though? He earns it because this is where like Nick Cage goes for the Oscar with the story of their first date. When they're at the lab, she takes him to the lab mm-hmm. to get the blood test. And sure enough, right. he's, he tells the first date story. She patches him up, tells him that Archer's gonna be at his boss's funeral tomorrow. So tomorrow's his chance. And he, and he drives that home also by saying, and again, the screenwriting for this is so fucking weird. He just, he literally says, Tomorrow. That will be the day. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of really bad one-liners like God damn, w- I like one-liners in action or thriller movies can be amazing but it was just way overdone here like there was they were not memorable for the most part there are a couple that stand out but for the most part they were not it was one of those things where they're just they're going for volume they're just spraying it yeah. with all the one-liners they can some are going to hit some aren't going to yeah, hit that, that was just that now. sort of yeah like if anything sticks to the wall it's good oh man so tomorrow's the day after a close call where castor troy nearly catches the two of them together we get ready for the funeral and actually there is a nice juxtaposition here of archer in the troy body and gina gershon getting ready and then castor troy in the archer body Mm -hmm. and archer's wife getting ready for the funeral we get to see both kind of sides and the next day archer enters the church and it wouldn't be a john woo movie without the fucking doves a million doves. Slow motion doves oh. flying through the frame. God damn. What, like. I wrote on half of my page, fuck off with the doves. Because <laughs> it was so insane. I was like, the slow mo religious music is back. I mean, it is a funeral service. So, it's okay. John Wu, man. John Wu. Nick Cage is giving these giant eyebrow raises. And then all of a sudden, the doves come out of nowhere. Here's the thing with this. We kind of alluded to this earlier. You do something once. And people are like, oh, that was really cool. And maybe you do it a second time and they're like, oh, that's good stuff. But you do it like seven times in seven different movies. And by the end, people are like, this is the M. Night Shyamalan thing. Like every time you do it, it gets a little gets less impressive. Worse. Yeah. yeah, You're just you, by the end, you you're really just like, Fuck can't off. stick with that same thing. It's like sometimes like bands can get away with the same sound over a course, and in fact, sometimes they're expected to. That does not work for direction in a movie, right? You you can't do that stuff. It's like a mad, You see a magic trick for the first time. The first time, how do they do that? It's incredible. Yeah. The second time you see it, oh my god. The third time you see it, you're just kind of like, I've seen this before. And by the like, for the seventh time, you're like, okay, I'm never gonna. It see made this me again. angry. I was literally yelling at my TV screen <laughs> <laughs> because there were dubs. Everywhere, and I was like, "You kidding everywhere. me?" John Wu, stop it! Oh man! So Archer in the Troy body has a choir boy deliver a picture of his dead son to Troy. Then it's time for the funeral showdown. We get a nice John Travolta monologue. He brings out Archer's wife at gunpoint. Out comes Gina Gershon with more guns. We got a big time Mexican standoff. Yeah, everyone starts shooting. We have close-ups of bullets leaving guns another John Woo thing. Yeah, I wrote that down. Bullet zoom again every Just time. I had to drink for that one too gina gershon bites it she tells who she thinks is caster troy to look after their boy we're back at it archer's daughter for some reason walks towards the gunshots almost gets killed the gunfight turns into a fist fight archer has troy like, kind of like in a chokehold but his yeah. daughter doesn't know what's up she tells her real dad who she just knows her real dad to let go of her fake dad who she just knows her fake dad and they're both like not me him like the fucking it's it's Spider-Man a disaster yeah, yeah for sure so she shoots and she wings her dad. Yeah, she shoots her dad. dad in the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Castor Troy taunts and then licks her face. Yeah, I wrote this down. Why the fuck did he lick her? He was doing like, he was being a quality parent to her until this lick. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, super creepy. Oh, and then she stabs him with the butterfly knife. Irony to get away because he had her at gunpoint which was good like there was that foreshadowing coming back she uses the parenting that he gave her to survive and it was this is brings me back to this why was he a quality parent to her it makes no sense i'm so confused and upset by it but that's okay we get into what becomes ridiculous after this he limps to a boat we got a boat chase what the fuck where did the boat chase come from i don't know man what happened like this was so you always talk about padding in movies yep they did not need to reach this 90 over minutes. Two hours long. They did not it's need so this long. chase, although like there was a lot of money put into this chase times. For yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Castor Troy kills some useless cops, Sean Archer drives his boat through their boat and then slow motion dives onto Troy's boat. They fight in an extremely unrealistic way because if you let go of the steering wheel of a boat, it does not continue driving straight it will turn in circles because of the motor turning. Yeah. So the, the, they're both fighting. No one's steering the boat. It's going fucking straight line. And before this, like every time they run into something or their boat touches something, the explosions are if a massive bomb went off. Like I'm just like the amount of pyrotechnic budget that was spent on this like four minute section of the film is astounding. Also, how is Nick Cage slash Sean Archer keeping onto the boat at this point as they're spinning in circles. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's holding on to, like, the side. He's essentially water skiing in formal shoes... On the side of the boat, which there's no fucking way I'm holding on to the anchor chain, like there's yep. this insane scene. I'm just like, Are you kidding me? There's a big crash, and then this is my this is great, because up until now the production has been pretty like the production value has been pretty good. Oh yeah, they but put a lot of money into this. When there's this big crash, you have what are clearly two stunt men who are not Nicholas yes. Cage and John Travolta. Yeah flying through the air and because it's the john woo slo-mo you can so clearly tell that it's not them it's not even close and you can tell the entire time the guys hang on to that chain on the edge of the boat it's not him no like it's it's very clear a rare burst of like low quality production in a high quality production up until this point the fight's gonna end on a beach when archer shoots him with a harpoon gun but not before not before caster troy tries to cut up archer's literal face yeah he he takes some like broken boat or glass to try to like scar up his face so it can't go back on appropriately what is the line that he says as he puts the harpoon gun to him do you remember I don't it wasn't anything I don't even recall it being that good Die! yeah that's sort of that's, that's it that's <laughs> all it was. Not more, yeah. I was like oh my God, if you've been waiting for that moment for X number of years. You'd think you'd have something better in the chamber. Although mind you, this is the same, like Sean Archer and his speech was interception. Our team has the ball. Yeah, Sorry. Like, they, they're not. Yes. The one line is in they're not thinkers. Yeah, Who wrote the one? It was not good. So then they both end up in the same ambulance. Sean Archer reaches across and takes back his wedding ring. Yes. And after some work from the Bureau's top surgical team, yes. Sean Archer is back in his own body or at least his own face. We get a tearful reunion. The lighting and music mirrors the start. It was blowing me away. I was really, yeah. really like, you get this really bright, like, crazy light in the, the operatic darkness music. darkness is over. It, yeah, We're back in the light. We know again. Now, this part is fucking insane. Yes. There's a tearful reunion. The daughter apologized for shooting him. He face washes her again with that weird fucking yeah. down swipe. Oh, my God. I hated it. And then, he introduces the new replacement son. He's got Gina Gershon's <laughs> kid, and he basically is like, this is Adam 2. So... And, yeah. it is, and and he had not cleared this with the wife first. No. And her agreeing to it in that very moment in like, he basically brings this child and he says, this, is, this is whoever he, he adopted." to live. Yeah. We're going to adopt him. And the daughter, who for some reason to me at this point just looks like Britney Spears, she becomes amazing big sister. And the wife just has, like, a look with him and, like, a one word, okay. Like, this was... Like, he just, like, looks at her and, like, kind of shrugs. She, like, nods yes. Yeah, like, like let's this do is, it. We've adopted him. He's here. And the kid is, like, I mean, he doesn't have anyone else. But he's just, like, why did they have the same haircut, too? It really bothered me that both of the kids had the same, like, Well, this, weird this, this is my cut. question. Yeah. How long, how much time goes by until they just start calling him Adam? Yeah, they, I hope they don't. I don't know. But maybe they, they will. Because it was really creepy. Like it's that so ending, weird. The ending was strange. I didn't like it. I guess I hope they're happy, but I don't know. They're so fucked up. Oh my god, <laughs> they're so <laughs> fucked up. And now they literally have you you cannot he's just a he's just a replacement son. It's yeah. so strange to me that they're like, Yeah, we're it's a family again. I was thinking about this. We're gonna get into our ratings here in a second. Yeah. And I am probably gonna make some people upset with my ratings. So okay, why don't we why don't we just go right to that? Mm-hmm. On a one to ten for how bad this movie is, yep, I'm giving this a ten. Oh, and here's here's why. Okay, I have a few reasons why. All right, some of the earlier episodes, producer John gave me some shit about because I I was not rating movies as being bad under the idea that they were Hollywood. It's, yeah, it's, it's they have a big production budget, yeah. like it's a professional style production. Yes, and he kind of pointed out. He said to me, he's like, "Isn't it worse if they have all the resources at their disposal and they fucking blow it?" Yeah. And he's not necessarily wrong. So my main issue with this and why I'm giving this a 10 for the first time, putting it in play for the the Crit 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, is the whole premise of this movie is completely fucking insane. It is an insane (laughs) premise. I I ask myself, if they tried to make this movie now in 2020, this would not be a, a major theatrical release. This would be like on this fucking Spike TV network or something. It'd be like Sharknado. If someone's <laughs> like, I got an idea for a movie. Yeah. It's John Travolta and Nick Cage. And they have surgery and switch faces so that one of them can catch the other one. This no. movie goes right yeah. to the fucking straight to DVD. Netflix garbage. Sharknado. There's it, no way. It would have to be a comedy, right? Like it would be written as a serious movie that was intentionally like ironic or humorous. You're doing it just to get attention. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah. And so I don't know why... I don't remember 1997 well enough to know why this was like a good idea on paper. Yeah. It's a terrible fucking idea. The acting is ridiculous. I like to imagine that Travolta like went to Nick Cage for the movie and was like, Nick, you know, I've really been looking for opportunities to kind of dial it up a little bit. Do you think since I'll be playing you, can you really, you're going to be the baseline for this character. Can you crank it up to 11? And then Nick <laughs> Cage kind of like put the hand on Travolta's shoulder and was just like, John, I was going to do that anyway. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, it's absurd. Yeah. The acting is yeah. absurd. It's true. The script writing is absurd. The whole premise of this movie is completely fucked. There's no way. There's no way it's any of this could happen. All right. This movie is 10 out of 10 bad. Come at me. I don't, you have to feel differently. <laughs> I don't care. This movie is a giant steaming piece of shit. Wow. <laughs> that was very impassioned. I appreciate that. Um, I'm not going to stray very far from you. Unfortunately, we're not going to fight over how bad this movie is because I had so many problems with it. John Woo really fucked this up for me. (laughs) There you go. I I really, really struggled with so much of the music and the cinematography and so many of those tropes and choices. I am not a Nick Cage hater. There are people who just will shit on anything Nick Cage does, and I don't feel that way. But both him and Travolta had way more crappy moments than they did good moments in this movie for me. And so I... I wrote this down as a nine bad. Okay, so we're not that far off I'm then. I'm a nine bad. On you're going to get you're gonna get some vitriol also. I deserve it, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't think you deserve <laughs> it. It's going to be <laughs> terrible. Oh, but how much did you Defending enjoy movie. it, though? So this one is really hard for me. I struggled because I was into it. it. It felt a little bit draggy for me. There were moments where I was like, I wish this was over already. But there were also moments that really pulled me in. And I don't know if that was because of the crappy acting or the, like... I think the family moments connected me to it. Like, I really did want to see what happened at the end and want to see what happened to those kids and those things. So, I'm going to give it a seven for entertaining. Like, I did feel it was an entertaining movie. And I think that was the purpose. Like, they didn't make it to be a... Citizen Kane. Like, this wasn't a no. Shawshank Redemption. This wasn't, no. like, a quality story movie. This was, let's make a fucking action movie that's going to entertain people. So, I'm going to give it a seven for entertaining. Okay. I Like, I think people can watch this and still have a good time, even though it's a piece of shit. <laughs> that's the idea, I guess. I'm actually going to give it an eight because it, it, is, it is amusing again we both enjoy bad movies the whole reason why we're oh, doing this absolutely, podcast. yeah so it being bad does not mean i'm not going to enjoy it and the performances are over the top but that's kind of what you expect my only real problems with this from an entertainment standpoint is it's too long it does not need to be that long yeah it's it's over two hours you don't need that and also some of the stuff with nick cage and the family members and stuff is a little uncomfortable Oh, God, yeah. And I took away a point for all of the face wipes. That's but, what I'm talking yeah, about. Like, like, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Every, every time yeah, a Travolta that's... face wiped, I wanted to take away a point of entertaining because it was so creepy. I didn't understand yeah. it at all. Like, some of the choices... Some of the choices are good, bad, and some of the choices are just bad, bad. So yeah, that is definitely a bad. For me, it's bad. an 8, though. So, it's yeah, still a okay. good score. Like, All this right, is an entertaining movie. Uh, we, you know... You got a... Uh, uh, what did it get for you? So, it got an 18 for you. 18. And, and it got a 16 for me. Yeah. Yeah, so now, it's a good score. Ev- every other movie we've watched, pretty much, you've been like, I'm never going to watch that again. Where are we at on Face Off? <laughs> um, I'm not going to say I'm never going to watch Face Off again. high praise. Yeah, which is pretty strong. Like, I would... I would watch it if somebody else put it on. Would I choose to watch it again on my own No, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But still, you're not you're not walking out of the room. So that's, no, no that's I'm not leaving the room. So it yeah, so John Woo had me there, I guess. And those performances, although over the top, uh did keep me entertained. There you go. And the Wellington beer, faces. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh I, I love both Citra and Mosaic Hops, so that's good. It, it does taste a little bit strong for me in terms of double IPA. Sometimes they can sneak under the radar. This one doesn't quite sneak under the radar for me. I could tell I was drinking a double IPA, but um, I would definitely recommend to someone or drink it again. See, that's interesting because I, as you know, I'm not the IPA guy in this uh, partnership here. Yeah, I thought like for a double IPA it was pretty mild. I was drinking oh, along nice. and I was kind of like, this is not, I expected a lot worse. You didn't see any cringy faces from me over here that we've had before? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. You, you did a good job taking that out. I think that's part of your palate changing too. I, think I, don't, it, I don't like the direction yeah, this is going. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, as you drink more IPAs, you become an IPA guy. I know you're telling me that I'm the IPA guy, but it's what's happening. It's not going to be too long. No, but there's a couple in. of Wellington beers I've enjoyed. Uh, they have a lager that's really nice. Check out Wellington Brewery, yeah. Might as well. Yeah, they're easily, sure. easily findable in Ontario. Yeah. I think that'll about wrap it up. Next week, we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th, part 8 for our 8th <laughs> episode. Jason Takes <laughs> Manhattan. Is it really? that's what they say oh i have never seen this movie so you know I'm what excited. neither it's have i be, oh so this is going to be we virgin territory for both of us thank you so much for listening everybody uh if you have not please follow us on instagram or twitter at the bmb podcast please send movie ideas recommendations to the bmb podcast at gmail.com feel free to tell us how much you disagree with our points on face off yeah, if you want to come we'll defend face off go go for it that'd yeah. be great and please join us next week for Friday the 13th, Part 8. I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. Thanks for listening. Keep it facey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. They should have said keep it spiky. In order to trap him, he must become him.